Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, now you can help in a couple ways. First, get everyone you know to go to my new media platform, frankspeech.com. There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on my pillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Help support Mike, help support this show, and help support yourself in getting some amazing, amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Kate. Think while it's still legal. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Hey guys, I just got my 79th booster shot, so I'm a little out of it. I'm just relaxing, but fortunately I don't have to work tomorrow because I haven't had a job in 16 years. So I'm just hanging out here in quarantine camp. I was arrested and thrown in here last week for sneezing near a baby who has a .0000034 chance of getting COVID. So we're just locked down in the new Tupac variant, but it is good to finally see a diverse variant, right? Finally, some black representation in these variants. But anyways, Lord Fauci says we'll be out of this in the next 30 years if we just stay strong. So let's recite the COVID prayer. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Jab, 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 shush. because it's Friday and that clip makes me smile every time I hear it, but it's so true. That's the sad part about it is uh, I wish that that were the comedy piece. <laughs> uh, that's what we're looking at unless people stand together, unless people stand as a complete unit um, wherever they work right now to all leave if the cases, you know, just like the firemen in um, in LA, just like so many people are doing uh, military, you all need to stand as one, as one unit in order to fight uh, the shock. Um, in the mandatory shot, I should say, and every American, if you are an American, should be against anything mandatory in your body, especially experimental. The FDA still has not passed um, the uh, the shot through. It was only on conditions and an extension of the emer- emergency use. So I welcome you to the show, katedallyradio.com on a Friday. I have a special guest, Barbara Bartlett. She is a Dr. Richard Bartlett's sister. She is an RN. 
very talented RN. And she is going... Now, Dr. Richard Bartlett, if you don't remember who that is, he was the one that brought out budenicide. He's in Texas and brought out budenicide as a game changer. And it was helping so many people with respiratory. And when he finally voiced that, um, people went after him. They did not want anything that would actually help with uh, COVID, in my opinion, early on. And so, uh, so you know, the, the media attacked him. And I'm so grateful to him because he was part of the reason that when my husband was in the hospital, we brought up that we wanted budesonide because we had heard so much about it. And uh, the the UK, by the way, in April said that it was the game changer in UK uh, vindicating Dr. Richard Bartlett on his information. So very, very good doctor. So I welcome you. And Barbara, I welcome you because we're going to talk about how to deal with the entanglements at the hospital. And, and when you go into the hospital, I think a lot of people are not prepared for the fact that they might treat you like you don't have a single right and that they're going to take over the care and decide what your loved one's going to get and not get. And I think it's shameful. It's hard to hear. And I think people need to be very, very aware about what's happening and hopefully treated at home so they would never have to go into the hospital anyway. But I would love to hear from you, Barbara, um, what your thoughts are on this, because I know that you've done some some great work on this as an RN. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, you. you. So my background is I'm a registered nurse, but I'm also uh, attended South, Te- South Texas College of Law. I'm a lawyer as well. Nice. So I kind of have a different um, aspect. Most of my career has been been within the hospital system. I was a director for for a hospital, um, and kind of know the inner workings of quality, quality management, mm-hmm. uh, medical staff management, and things like that. That I think that I, I they kind of bring to bear how I try to help other people when they're in a situation where they made the decision to go to the hospital and now they're trying to get out of the hospital. Sure. Well, I (laughs) think you're extremely qualified for this, for sure, to be speaking about this. I love that. And thank you for that. My gosh, a whole family of of go-getters. I really love that. So, um, so let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, uh, in the hospital, what happens and why are they, um, why are they, why are they doing this? Why have they become this? So I think part of the, the challenge that, that we have, and, and, and I think it just kind of goes to our mindsets as consumers mm-hmm. of healthcare services, a part of, a part of the, the power differential is that, you know, we don't know as much as a doctor does, right. or that's what we've been told. Um, you know, that, that there's almost that um, absolute um, absolutism that was in that kind of that, that sketch that you did at the beginning. Yes. Like, we don't, don't say anything, just you know, just go along with the, go with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, follow the pathway. We know what's best. And I was, uh, I was talking with someone that I was helping, um, and actually she was getting her mother out and, um, and she's doing great. She's recovering at home now. Um, mm-hmm. but I call it hospital Stockholm syndrome, right? Is that you almost have a, um, you feel obligated. Oh, they're mm-hmm. so nice. Those are nurses. Right. They're nice. Or, or if you send in the patient advocate and they're really nice to me, they're mm-hmm. really, you know, you almost have to break through and say it's not about this this smoke screen that's in front of me. I want to get to the issue, which is how do I get the best care for my loved one? Right, right, right. Um, so you usually have um, if you're my what I've been hearing from people is that they want to get out. Um, they have a lot of people have had almost unreasonable, um, I think, uh, blockades in front of them mm-hmm. to keep them things that are you know it's you know the, the truth is. Under the UN Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights, it says the consent, and I'm just going to read it, should, where appropriate, be expressed, so that's in writing, and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time 
and for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. Hmm. So when you're putting in those roadblocks in front of someone, that kind of sounds like you're not honoring their their withdrawn of their consent to be treated for that disease. Right. Right? Right. I mean, that's, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, as, they're, as you're processing through this, if you're in that situation right now and you're feeling a little bit of guilt because, oh, my goodness, these are the nice people at the hospital and they're all so sweet and, you know, all that marketing, hospital marketing for you, if you're feeling that tug, you're going to have to almost detach from that mm-hmm. and you're going to have to dial in and just kind of focus in on what your objectives are and what you really want to do. Right. So if you have somebody in the hospital, they're not on a ventilator, um, I tell everybody because it's a little challenging to get, um, to get everything set up at home, start figuring out how you're going to manage something at home. If, that's your, if your goal is I'm going, to, I'm going to get out of the hospital, they're not following my wishes, I can get a telehealth person to help me at home, mm-hmm. um, start working on that problem. Don't want to have a situation where if you decide to leave against medical advice or what they call AMA, mm-hmm. that you don't have things set up at home. So you want to get that that part done. And I think, Kate, that's what you did yeah. when yeah. you were in the same situation, Absolutely. Right? And I would say call um, um, hospice places, so as too. As we're working through that, um, mm-hmm. through that process, um, you have your situation at home. You have, that, you have your setup at home. Mm-hmm. And then as you're going forward, um, you're going to go ahead and... Um, work through the system to say, I want an ethics consult. I think you probably asked for that as well. Or, or you, mm-hmm. I didn't because uh, I think, I think they were a little shell shot because I was the first person to buck the system. Um, and so they, I don't think they quite knew what to do, but, but yes, um, I tell people now, I mean, you know, if they, I say, you know, call your, your hospice places and, and look at all your alternatives and basically call the places to see what their um, specifications are and look at all your alternatives, even transferring maybe to a, another type of hospital or, or something else if you're not going to get listened to. Right. And I do think that's where, so I was going to get to the, the ethics uh, sure. consult that my brother has uh, recommended that I had, had shared with him is that what you want to do is you want to probably put as many eyes on this problem as you can, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So it's not just you in this one provider or you in this one department, right? but you want to have other people, other eyes looking at that. So I'm actually going to make it, make available on Budesonide Works um, a sample ethics consult request. Oh, excellent. For someone to, if you want to pull that down, they can look at that, modify it. But I recommend um, getting as many people to look at this. We want to, it's, it's a structure that the Joint Commission and, and DNB is the other licensing accreditation body um, has set up so that when patients have a communication issue, and that's the key thing we want to talk about is the communication sure. issue. But reach an impasse on communication, you can ask for that. So you obviously, if they're not listening to your wishes, if you're being talked down to, if you're not um, able to discuss what you consider the risk benefits and reasonable alternatives to what they're doing, mm-hmm. you should be able to to bring that to your to an ethics consult and discuss there the things that you're in, that you want to bring forth, right? Right, exactly. So I want What do I want to bring for budesonide? What do I want? But what do I want with budesonide? Well, here's the reasons why I want it. It does these things, right? Right. So you, you want to have your evidence marshaled so that you're prepared that when you walk into an ethics uh, consult, you have uh, all the articles printed. You want to look good. I, I tell people, if you're going to advocate, you just pretend you're your own lawyer. Yeah, so that's When you so walk true. into that room, you're not going to wear slouchy jeans and mm-hmm. sweats and your hair and mm-hmm. your makeup not done if you're a woman or whatever. Right, I'm not, right. not judging. I'm just saying. 
look the way that you want to present. Look powerful. That's yeah, good advice. Look powerful. Yeah. Look powerful. So you walk in, you, you're loaded for bear. You've literally got all of the articles that, that discuss the types of things that you want. If you destinize one of the things that you want, which I think would be a great thing to have, you have the articles printed out. You can hand it to everybody there. Right. Um, I recommend, you'll see on that um, ethics consult that there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to get you one within 24 hours. They only need a quorum. Mm-hmm. A quorum can be as few as, it depends on what the bylaws say, but the quorum for the hospital, but it could be as slow, uh, the medical staff bylaws, it could be as low as three or four people, and they can surely pull that together within 24 hours. Okay. So you want to get that, it, that's one option that you do have. Um, we talked about if you're not on a ventilator, you know, remember you always have the option, you know, not on a ventilator, you're, they're not listening to your wishes, you're not getting any better. Mm-hmm. You need to start thinking options. You need to think early. Right. You know, and somehow, again, you're going to have to somehow get yourself out of the mindset of uh, that everybody, if it's not working, it's not working. You've got to get yourself out of that hospital Stockholm syndrome where you feel obligated. Boy, that's a good, that's a good piece of advice right there because people aren't used to being treated like that at the hospital. They think they're going to get listened to (laughs) and they're always surprised and shocked now when we realize what what is going on there now and and they all they will only speak the word protocol 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 and there's certain right. liabilities with protocol that they don't uh, have with with deaths coming from the protocol that was changed on the prep act of 2005 so people don't realize that they're holding fast and hard to this protocol and then that's the excuse they'll give and so if they're they right. aren't they supposed to listen to you even with a protocol they should be listening to you regardless. Mm-hmm. Yes. You should be able to give you, you know, informed consent recall is about knowing not only the risks and the benefits, and you talked about remdesivir, mm-hmm. or whatever, that you had a, a funny way of saying it a different way, but <laughs> it, um, right. <laughs> remdesivir, um, yes. You know, they, yeah, they should mm-hmm. tell you the risks and the benefits. You know, sure. what are the risks? I mean, anything. It's not just by following their protocol, which has probably come down from on high. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably reimbursed whether or not you follow the protocol. That's, mm-hmm. that's baked into the system, you know, if right. you follow these things and check these boxes, this is where you're going to get your highest reimbursement. So, the so we're going to go to a break real quick and then we're going to come right back and cover more of this, what to do if they're on a ventilator. Um, and uh, I'm talking with Barbara Bartlett. She is an RN. She's an attorney. Um, she was director of a hospital. This is the person you need to listen to on this and be right back more with Barbara Bartlett when we come back. Don't miss a, don't miss a second of this and share this with family and friends. KateDallyRadio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Cape Daly Show. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. Hi there, welcome back. Isn't it true, though? It's all about money, right? And a lot of different things, all about money. Um, I'm back with you, katedallyradio.com, on a Friday. And I have a, a wonderful guest today, by the way. In the next hour, I have a gentleman and his wife talking about their situation that happened to them. And you're not going to believe it. You're just not going to believe it when you hear it. Um, and in this hour, I have the uh, wonderfully talented Barbara Bartlett, who is an RN and an attorney and a former director of a hospital, weighing in and telling us how to deal with the hospital 
hospital. And next, we'll talk about how to deal with uh, the situation if somebody you know is put on a ventilator. I know a lot of people are leaving. Are, are what, The second they leave, the doctors are saying, well, they coded and we had to put them on a ventilator without the person being there. And it's a scary situation um, all the way around, isn't that? So we're going to talk about that. Also, go to MyPillow.com. Um, Mike Lindell and I have partnered up. He's been amazing to this show. It helps the show when you order products for your home from MyPillow.com. And they're amazing. $20 right now on sale for a MyPillow, which is an amazing pillow. You'll love it. And helps back problems, neck problems, and also can reduce snoring completely. <laughs> Get the blue label for that one. Um, blue label. And uh, and then also the sheets, $49. And they are like my grandma's sheets. They are amazing sheets. I've been looking for these for a long time and who knew my pillow had them, right? So go to uh, mypillow.com. It helps the show. It helps Mike Lindell with the election fraud and also and, and exposing that. And also, you're going to get fantastic products that you can give for Christmas and, and what have you. I'd order up right now. Use the code Kate, K-A-T-E, my first name. You'll get 66% off. It's totally worth it. Completely amazing. And you're going to love the products. They are much loved. People usually end up ordering a whole house full of products for my pillow because they got the best quality. Um, my guest, uh, Barbara Bartlett, we're going to be talking about what to do if somebody is vented in the hospital. And a lot of people with this situation become very desperate. Either the either their loved one was vented without their knowledge and they were told later um, when they're not in the room or we have all kinds of situations happening at the hospital right now, which are kind of horrific. But when somebody's on a ventilator, Barbara, what do you, what can you do at that point? Because the hospital says, well, we can't move them. We're not going to move them. You can't do anything. It's done. And so what, what would you say to that? Okay. So this is where you're going to not, you're not going to waste a minute to do you're, you don't have time to play games at this point. Okay. We talked about engaging a lawyer. I've, um, I haven't talked about firing the doctor. Mm. And I also recommend, hey, if you're not listening to me, I'm making a medical board complaint. Excellent. Every single one of them that touch you. And frankly, you can make a nursing board complaint if, they're, if you're getting hassled. Okay. So like anybody that. that's touching that person, if you have that, you have an issue where they are not communicating and you have, a, you, they're not listening to your wishes, you're not, you have probably, I can't give you all the scenarios, but whatever mm-hmm. the scenario is, you know, there's a reason those, those things, when they work, um, exist. It's because of situations like this. You mm-hmm. want to be able to report people that are not doing what they need to do, right? Right. So, so the, the people that have been successful, and this was, you know, actually had a, a friend talk about her situation and the way that she was successful is the minute she walked in, and she's a, you know, she's not, she's not a shrinking violet in real life. Mm-hmm. But when she walked in, she said, "Here's what's going to happen. I want this." And she still got the runaround, but she was very forceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you're fired, mm-hmm. and the next person is going to do what they want, to, and you're fired. You know, you have the right to channel a little bit of President Trump here. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> and you're fired. Good. Yes. You, you're there, and the number one thing that you're supposed to do. Your role is not to make everybody happy. Your role is to be an advocate, right. period. Right. I don't care the chips, let the chips fall where they may. It's your job to advocate for your loved one. If it's you, mm-hmm. you advocate for you. They're on a ventilator right now, so we're going to get our lawyer. We're going to fire the people who aren't doing what we want. We're going to get our ethics consult, and we're going to get it within 24 hours. You're going to walk in there, and we're going to do exactly what I talked about. You're, no, you're going to look the part in your business. You are all business. You're not going to, you know, they, they can steal all the gobbledygook, whatever they want to say. You have an objective. You're going to walk in and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fight for your objective. 
and they're going to talk their language. So when they're sitting there around that table or wherever they're having their conference, and they might be, it might be teleconference, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's you know hospital, you're going to be prepared, and you've got all the evidence that you need to show that the benefits outweigh the risks right. for your proposed protocol, which I would say budesonide is a great one to go with. Yep. And there's others, but that's one. And here's the, and it is a reasonable alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, use the language they use, because when they have ethics consults, part of what they do is they talk about, well, what are the risks? What are the benefits? Mm-hmm. What are the reasonable alternatives? Actually, that's, that's also consent language as well. Okay. So when you're in there, you're going to talk about that. Um, we did talk about remdesivir. If they're doing it, tell them to stop it. Stop. Right. You don't get to run your next one, your next infusion. It ends now. You're going to be very clear. You're going to be very concise. You're going to get to the point. And you're not going to leave. Uh, I don't care if someone, you're not going to have these things that I see with some people. It's like, oh, my feelings got hurt because he looked at me wrong or mm-hmm. he was mean to me. I don't care. I'm right. sorry. Nobody cares at this point. Okay. Your only objective at that point is to get what you need. Okay. Now, if you are in any other situation, I'm just going to, let's just, let's put this in a different situation. You got a lemon of a car from a car dealer. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that way. How do you usually act? Oh, right. I think I'll just drive it. Yeah, the engine's about to fall out, but right, oh, right. well, I mean, they're nice. Sure. And they gave it to me. They smiled, and they handed right. it to me, and they gave me the keys. And, well, yeah, the tire almost rolled out of the highway. That's okay. I'll just live with it. No, that's not how you normally act. Right. You put yourself in any other situation. If you have to somehow get yourself into that mindset, I don't care if you have to watch some empowering video that gets you into that mindset, but get in that mindset so that when you walk in, you know why you're there. And you don't have to be, um, yes, anger is a normal emotion. So if someone says, you sound angry, yeah, I am angry. If that's a, that, would be, that would be a correct assessment of how I feel right now. But it's based upon the way that you're acting, right? Right, right. So you just, you know, anybody that tries to play, you know, their emotion, an emotional manipulation game with you because they're on the defensive, yeah, you keep going forward. I agree with you. Now, what about those that aren't allowed in the hospital? You know, I, there's hospitals all over the place and people don't realize this, but in some hospitals you can be there with your loved one and they'll only allow one person, which I think is criminal, but that's how they do it. And then, of course, you're not allowed in the hospital with your loved one. That is by far the most criminal act. I'm like, I, I can't imagine uh, no advocate at all. It's trying to take over your advocacy, but that's why I'm going to put that demand letter that I wrote okay. on the website, get you a lawyer, um, and they don't even have to know. I mean, the thing that scares people is like, oh, well, I don't know health law. You don't have to know health law. Just read the letter. It's going to be on the website. Give it to a lawyer. A lawyer can take it. They can use the work that I did. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And they can perp- repurpose it for themselves and get started because you're going to make some demands, Okay. Right. So do that. You're going to get, and part of the demand is that ethics. And even if you have to do it by um, by uh, by Zoom call or whatever you have to do it by, you're going to still make. You're still going to act the same way, look the same way, and say the right, same right. things. Right. And you're still going to do what you need to do. And the patient right? bill of rights. Um, you need to have a copy of that. The hospital, but legally, has to give you a copy of the patient bill of rights right. for every state, right? In the, inside the hospital. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's important to know what your rights are, right? And you mm-hmm. can always you can refer to that. You know that we do have rights. And if you are the power of attorney, or if you're the whatever your statutory framework is for the next person who makes decisions mm-hmm. for the decision maker, right. you are a stakeholder in the care. And you're going to say, I am a stakeholder in the care. In fact, that's in, I'm going to put my ethics consult um, letter on there as well. So you can see some of the language that I use on that. Right. But, um, 
but you're going to, so you're going to be doing a, a number of things, right? You're also, if you're in the situation where I need to figure out this hospital is not going to be amenable to what I'm demanding, mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of, you're kind of getting that read. The one thing I tell people is always think on multiple tracks. Okay. If plan A, like you do in life, right? I mean, especially if you're a mom, I've got to get him to the soccer game. I got to go get the groceries. You're thinking in multiple tracks, right? So use that talent and say, okay, I'm going to start looking for where other places if I need to transfer. Is there a place that I can transfer? What are the other options that I have? And the other thing I tell people, if they've been on a ventilator for more than, uh, you know, because you start to get into people like, they've been on the ventilator for 15 days. Well, do they still have an active COVID diagnosis? That's what I want to know. Are they Hmm. still infectious? Right. Do they? So ask. I think what we haven't been hearing from is, you know, oh, they died of COVID on the ventilator for 60 days. Well, they didn't have COVID. Right. At that point, they had the inflammatory condition that COVID caused, but the, the COVID's gone, the, the viral load's gone. So once you have, uh, once you're on a ventilator, one of the interesting articles that came out from budesonide was talking about um, what's usually a secondary diagnosis on a ventilator called acute respiratory distress syndrome. So what that means is that um, with that budesonide article is that they use that, and that's actually, you can say, this is my evidence-based medicine. Here you go. It's okay. peer-reviewed. It was, in pub- it was published, and you can hand that in your ethics consult. But I want you to know that if they do not have COVID anymore, we're now treating that. We're right. treating ARDS. We're treating inflammation. We're treating other things. You definitely have a secondary diagnosis coded, and you can ask them, do they have this diagnosis? Do they have ARDS? They'll they'll know exactly what that is. They'll probably say, well, yeah, they have that too. Great. (laughs) Well, then treat this. Right. Then treat this. And if you get your COVID, you know, if you get your COVID negative, great. Now we know where we stand on that. I think that's a very positive thing in your, to to reframe the argument. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Because you know, you're going to, well, let's reframe it. We're not talking active COVID anymore, regardless of whatever that, that protocol even whatever protocol it is, well, that was to treat COVID. Mm-hmm. We're treating this. Let's reframe. So that, I think, is a, a very powerful thing to do if you have a loved one that's in the hospital to, to, um, to, to figure that out. Because you know what? If they come back with a COVID negative, it'll be easier to transfer them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You have a exactly. right to know that. Right. You have a right to know that. And I don't think that happens very often at a certain point. Okay. So... We should nail that part down. I do think that, um, you know, as you're, you know, when you go in there, you're going to be positive. You're going to be firm. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to almost have, I hate to say it, but it is an aggressive stance. Right. But you're going to have to, you're going to have to lean in. You'll get listened to though. (laughs) And you'll get listened to. And a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people think whatever the doctor says, that's the best thing. And, and the doctors were even saying, you know, oh, it's safe and effective, safe and effective. You know, using remdesivir is not considered safe and effective. In fact, it wasn't even FDA approved as they started using it. It was chosen from the Ebola study that it failed because it had too much death. And so to, so informed consent is huge. And I I don't know if people are actually getting conformed consent, informed consent in the hospital on any of these things. And isn't that enough to say you're fired and I'm going to I'm going to do a medical complaint to the board? You know, honestly, you could do that. But at any at any time, you can fire a doctor. You don't even need to have a reason. Right. Right. I just want to add yeah, that. Right. I would say I would. But I do. I agree with you that, you know, hey, well, you're not talking about the how many people have been on this particular protocol. Right. And if you've been successful. Obviously not with the death rate. <laughs> when you go, yeah. How many people have had, 
had sequela related to giving that particular drug, treatment, mm-hmm. whatever, right. that was downstream from it, from the drug. And how effective is, is remdesivir when they don't have at the, at the place that they're at with the infection? It's, so maybe you could say, oh, it'll look really great when it's active infection. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving it downstream, is it really what they needed? Right. We're going to come right back. We're going to come right back. Care. We're going to. Is that really standard care? Right. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. It's also under the name Vecleri, um, is the brand name too for remdesivir and um, can cause organ failure. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Hi, this is Kate, and I just wanted to let you know about a new product that I fell in love with, and I want you to have it too, and you can get a special deal on it right now. It's a wonderful sanitizer that really cleans, hospital grade, they use electricity to do it, and it's really natural, and it's not sticky, it doesn't have alcohol in it, it's just an amazing new product, and it's concentrated, so you actually get tons of bottles of it for a really low price and it stores well for prepping. So I would highly recommend this and get it while you can. Um, Instead of $250, you can grab it for $44. This is at the bottom of my homepage. You can find the the little ad on the on the bottom of my homepage, katedallyradio.com. Click on it. You'll love this product. We need a new kind of clean. To do that, Clean Start combines two of nature's most powerful forces, water and electricity, to produce electrolyzed water, or HOCL. HOCL is your body's first internal response after an infection or trauma. In fact, it's significantly more effective at killing bacteria, viruses, mold and mildew than bleach or other household cleaners. Clean Start's globally patented tablet-based hand sanitizer turns any quart of tap water into FDA-approved alcohol-free hand sanitizer and registered wound care solution to a new kind of clean. Clean Start.